Welcome in to the Fantasy Football Fathers Podcast, where only one of us is an actual father, none of us are priests. My name is James Dreer. I'm joined here by Tyler Big, Herbie Herbach. What's up? And Trey, speak for your toes, eh? What, 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 what? What up? <laughs> <laughs> that was sick, man. Uh, welcome, welcome in. To the Fantasy Football Fathers podcast. You can catch us on Twitter at the FF Fathers. And today we have our late window afternoon Sunday night football, Monday night football previews, start and sits for every single one of those matchups, as well as our starts of the week for every single position. Um, so should be a good one. Um, if you haven't already, hit us up on Twitter at the FF Fathers. Uh, I can't remember if I just said that or not, but yeah, say know. it again. Say it again because why not? <laughs> um, wow, Thursday night football—the first night of football in 200 days. It was quite the banger, to say the least. Until the Bills pulled away. But for fantasy, there's a ton of things that come from this game. A ton of headlines and stories. that Things that we're going to be talking about for the next week, for sure. Uh, but immediate thoughts after watching the Thursday night game for you guys. Bills are going undefeated. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, what the group chat looks like. I know, dude. Jesus. But uh, no, honestly, not a whole lot of major surprises coming from the fantasy world out of this. Like, your stars played, and they played really well. Um, if you would have listened to us about Cam Akers, you would have known that that wasn't going to be worth it. So other than that, you had Cooper Cup went off. Uh, Matthew Stafford didn't play great, so I guess there's that one bit. But, you know, Josh Allen, Diggs, Davis, uh, <clears throat> they all had, had big games. So, you know, it kind of went the way we expected it to in terms of fantasy output. Yeah, all I really have to add to that is, yeah, you should be listening to us because we were right about Cam Akers. Between the three of us, we're in probably 25 leagues total, something like that. And I don't think we have, like Cam, we don't have Cam Akers in any of those leagues. Nope. We knew this was coming. But I yeah, also want to say, oh, sorry. What are you going to say oh, here? Go ahead, continue, finish your thought. Oh, well, I, won't, I was just going to say... Um, I have a long running joke on this podcast. You know where the hell has Tyrell Williams been? It's long dead now. Uh, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to put out a PSA for Allen Robinson. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure if he's still alive. So if someone knows where he's at, please let us know that he's still breathing. Yeah, I mean those those are definitely the two biggest storylines uh, across across the uh, fantasy Twitter landscape. Um, you know, Allen Robinson. I feel like it had a lot, a lot to do with kind of the offensive line of the Rams being absolutely dominated uh, by that Bills front, and not just Allen Robinson not having the chemistry with Matthew Stafford like Cooper Cup does, obviously, and they kind of just had to scramble and go to their bread and butter, not really try anything new. Um, so, although it, you know it does hurt because I'm someone who is believing in Allen Robinson this year, I, I still think there's brighter days to come. Uh, once he gets a little, a little more comfortable with Matthew Stafford and this offensive line blocks somebody. It is week one. It's going to be all overreactions everywhere. Like the Rams offense is going to be fine. Most likely they're not going to play a defense like that every single week. Right. Right. Yeah, for sure. So crazy game. Um, you know, a lot we learned from that, the bills and Josh Allen looks like I mean, the number one overall pick next year for fantasy. <laughs> right? He's the one hundred and one next year, right? He's looking like a first rounder. <laughs> He's just absolutely dominant. He's an absolute freak. But let's get into uh, the rest of Sunday and Monday and break down each one of those games. Um, obviously, you know the the real obvious starts. Uh, we're not going to harp too much on because. You know, obviously, you're you're playing those types of guys in week one. More of the question marks is what we focus on in these episodes. So, um, let's get it started with the New York Giants taking on the Tennessee Titans. 
the Titans are five and a half point favorites. The over under is 43 and a half points. Um, starting on the New York side of the ball, um, obviously you're, you're, you're playing Saquon. Um, what else? Who else? <laughs> uh, Kadarius Tony. I have, if I'm playing anyone from that team, I'm playing Kadarius Tony. Someone I've been, I was targeting pretty late in a lot of drafts. I think he'll be pretty worthy as the season progresses. He's flex worthy at best at this point. But the over-under, like you said, 43.5 points, one of the lowest over-unders for the week. It's going to be a really low-scoring game. Um, I'm pretty certain about it. And if Derrick Henry really gets going and picks up where he left off before his injury, we know how the Titans play ball. They're just going to grind it out, grind the clock out. Not going to be a lot of opportunities for points to be scored. But I would start Kadarius Tony in my flex if I had to. Yeah, I'm going to wait and see on whoever kind of comes out of this this wide receiver group. I mean, it's too hard hard to call it. Last year we saw flashes from basically all of them. I'm not willing to to bet one of them's going to do it here in week 1. Um I'm going to wait and see. Yeah, and that's the thing, you know, you definitely don't have to start any of these guys. Um Kadarius Tony was dealing with a leg injury, I believe. He he's Hamstring. cleared though. He's been uh, the last two days, he's he's been full participants in practice, so he should be good to go. Okay. Well, at any rate, um, you should have better options probably in week one, but um, I agree with you, Trey, that Kadarius Tony, I, I like the upside this season, you know, overall. Um, was a nice late-round flyer in drafts, I think. Um, but that's pretty much it for the New York team um, at this point. <laughs> Yeah, so, it's going to be like an old on. school game, like an old school grind it out. They're both going to be running the ball shit ton. It's what it looks oh, like. Sure. Yeah, obviously on the other side of the ball, they're going to look to run with uh, Derrick Henry, the king. He's back. It'll be interesting to see him um, kind of in his debut this year after the injury last year. Um, so obviously you're starting him. Uh, the receivers are the real question marks here. Robert Woods being the wide receiver one as of right now. Traylon Burks expected to have a big role. At least that's what um, Rabel told the media um, that they plan on having Traylon Burks um, in a big role this year for the offense. But are you taking the shot on either one of these guys week one against the Giants? Um. I mean, it's it's tough because like <laughs> I think e- I think either one of them could end. Up, you could probably flex, but I don't know which one I would choose. Where I take the experience in Robert Woods and his knowledge of how you know NFL defenses play, or am I going to take the the athleticism and the you know and that kind of freaky uh, athlete that Traylon Burks is, who could pop on any given play? Um, so I I don't know. It's it's tough. I would say it's a coin flip, and I'm not going to flip that coin for mm-hmm. for you guys. Unfortunately, I don't have a real answer for you. I'm pushing. Yeah, it's funny. We're talking about receivers who are all drafted towards the later rounds of the drafts. Maybe Traylon Brooks kind of towards the middle, depending on how your league went. If I had to choose between the two, I would definitely go Robert Woods. Uh, like you were saying, Big Irby, I, I would rather have the experience over the rookie explosive guy, but I am more into consistency, and we know what Robert Woods can bring to the table. Ryan Tannehill tends to be a pretty conservative quarterback also with the way he passes the ball. I think Robert Woods will fit pretty nicely in the way this offense is run. So if I had to, it'd be Robert Woods. It's This week is not a good week to start any of these receivers. So but if I had to, Robert Woods. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I would agree with you guys on that. Um, the Packers taking on the Vikings. The Packers are one and a half point favorites. The over-under is 47 points. This one should be a, a nice little week one NFC North battle. Um, a lot of questions to be answered with the Green Bay Packers, obviously, in the receiving game. Um, Aaron Jones, you're starting, clearly. Um, Aaron Rodgers, if you punted, you know, quarterback, obviously, um, and, and took him as your QB1, you're, you're starting him. It's probably the only that situation. Really, I, that, he, I mean, is that really punting? On the Q, he's a back-to-back MVP. Like, well, is that really I mean, punting not, the position? Not really punting, I guess, but but waiting on quarterback till at least the what he was going in like the ninth round, tenth ninth round, or tenth, yeah. So, 
Yeah, I would consider that punting quarterback. The ninth round, it, the disrespect is crazy, but we saw it happen with Tom Brady for a couple of years when he was finishing top 10 consistently, uh, and also Kirk Cousins on the other side of the ball. Top 12 in a lot of years, people just wait until like the 10th round to draft him. Yeah, for sure. Um, so getting back to the running backs, though, um, I do kind of want to talk about um, A.J. Dillon. Uh, you know, I think he's the real question mark here, right? I mean, I, I like drafting him in a situation where you you take some early receivers. I, I feel comfortable with A.J. Dillon as like a, a, a running back two option, you know, in leagues where I go wide receiver heavy. Uh, you know, I think you start him um, against the Vikings week one. I think his role is going to be bigger than obviously it was last year and some people expect this year. I would agree. If you, if you draft him as your RB2, just roll with it. I, th- I think he'll have at least 15 carries this game, which puts him in a decent spot to hopefully score at least a touchdown, which will, pu- will, which will put him in the top 24 uh, running backs in week one. Yeah, it's a tough one. I mean, obviously, where you drafted him, you're going to be playing him either as your RB2 or your flex player every week um, because you you know invest a lot of capital in him, so you're going to have to. Um, are you guys leaning? It sounds like you're both leaning more towards an RB2 finish for him this week, though, as in finishing the top 24. Is that what I'm hearing from both of you? Is that not the same thing? Yeah, that would well, be... Uh... Well, no, a flex would be... I mean, like a top two like inside the top 24 would be a, an RB2 finish, or if, is he going to finish outside the tw- right. top 24? It'd be a flex play finish. He's at least a flex. Right, but which, which way are you leaning? Are you saying top 24 this week or, or behind? Like, which way are you leaning right now? Oh, top 24 from what I said. I think he has 15 carries and, and a touchdown. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. I think he finishes an RB2 week one. Um, okay. Wide receivers, though, you know... Christian Watson is healthy. He's going to be playing, obviously, uh, the preseason champion of uh, Romeo Dobbs. Um, (laughs) It'll be interesting to see how much he's involved in the regular season, you know, right out of the gate. And then Alan Lazard, who, you know, some people were taking a shot on to be the wide receiver one and, and really be that leader in the wide receiver core. But... How do you guys feel about this? You know, who are you starting out of this bunch? Who are you, who are you sitting? Well, the honestly, the bigger factor that's going to change laws is that Alan Lazard has not practiced yet this week. He was held out of practice Wednesday and Thursday. So is he even going to make it through a walkthrough on Friday afternoon? We'll have to wait and see and get an update on that. Because if Lazard's out, then it's really like, who are you? Would you roll both Watson and Dubs uh, or Dobbs? Um, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what to expect. I don't think anybody really knows what to expect with these receivers week one. Well, I think it's interesting that you didn't bring up Sammy Watkins or uh, Randall Cobb, <laughs> who, are, who are technically above them in the depth chart, um, even on the Packers' website. So that, that's interesting that we we're, both, we're all kind of assuming those guys won't really be valuable. Um yeah, it's interesting though. I'll point out one thing: is that behind uh, Alan Lazard on the depth chart is Romeo Dubes. Dubes, right? Am I saying this right? <laughs> Dubes, Dobbs, Dobbs, man. No, no one knows. Uh, he literally, he literally Dobbs. says yes to all of them. Yeah. Dobbs, it's Dobbs. Dude, whatever. <laughs> the Dubes, Romeo Dubes, is behind Alan Lazard. <laughs> On the depth chart, we know how depth charts are kind of iffy, especially week one. But on their official depth chart, that's what it says. He's behind Alan Lazard. So if Alan Lazard hasn't practiced, does he get to take that spot? Are you saying he's listed as the wide receiver two on the website? Yeah, yeah, because you know they they basically break it down. You know, it's like an X Y Z kind of situation, and yeah. he seems to be the second X behind Alan Lazard. Oh God, it's happening. <laughs> we've been posting about it all off season it's happening it's really happening oh man it's called manifestation people you should start getting into astrology been ringing the bell since before the nfl draft for romeo oh romeo and 
sounds like if Alan Lazard definitely doesn't play, Romeo's going to have a big opportunity week one to, you know, put a stamp on on his position on this depth chart. Just, I mean, you would know be, better than all of us. I, I would just say owners should beware with either Watson or Dubs, Dobbs, that uh, if one of them drops a ball in the first drive, he will not see another target the rest of the game. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know about. I don't know if they have the the depth to do that, but we'll see. I mean, Sammy no, Watkins, but Aaron's you know Aaron's petty enough to do that. So, <laughs> yeah, hey. You know, show prepared and ready to go. Uh, but Sammy Watkins historically has had huge week ones. You know, I, it, it would be interesting to see how much he's involved. You know, uh, right out of the gate. But yeah, it, I, it's 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 really just too risky to take a flyer on any of these guys right now. You know, you, the the re, you don't have to start any of them, so it's best probably just to wait and see how this plays out. You said it perfectly. I was going to say the same thing, especially with where you drafted these guys. You should not be in a situation where you have to play one of these guys. Yeah. Uh, on the other side of the ball, you know, uh, we were just talking about him. Kirk Cousins finishes a top 12 quarterback, you know, year in and year out. Um, how are we feeling about the Vikings offense outside of obviously Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson? Irby, uh, you got this. You yeah. Know. Um. Honestly, this offense is one of the most intriguing ones coming into the season because of the new head coaching hire of Kevin O'Connell. Um. I think mean, it's been well documented that he's come from the Sean McVay coaching tree. Um. Everyone seems to love him in Minnesota. Apparently, the culture and the feeling just around the practice facilities is much better. Um. It's more optimistic. It's just livelier. Where you know Zimmer. Zimmer had a uh, kind of a, a downtroddenness about him and, and the way he carried himself. So people are liking that. But the biggest thing with his offense is that coming from the McVay coaching tree, <laughs> coming from the McVay coaching tree, they run three wide receiver sets more than seventy percent of the time over the course of his of him being a head coach. So that means we should see something similar from the Vikings. So. Um, I think Thielen was probably underrated throughout the entire draft season. I think we see a, a bounce back season from him. And I think that you should be able to consider KJ Osborne a weekly flex player um, unless we see his usage not be there where we kind of expect it to be. Yeah, I'm totally with you. You sold me on O'Connell and his use of three wide receiver sets throughout the offseason when we talked about things like this. And it, it was crazy towards the end of every draft. I was looking at KJ Osborne, and I was like, I could honestly not even draft him. And he would be a waiver wire player. I don't know if anyone's going to pick him up, but obviously I like him, and I believe in your theory of the three wide receiver sets from O'Connell. So I was, I've was i been picking up KJ Osborne in the last two rounds of almost every draft that I can. And I think he will be very valuable. And we talked about it a lot last year. In case Evan Thielen does get injured again, which he's been you know bitten by the injury bug, a little bit in the last couple of years, KJ Osborne is literally Thielen 2.0. He comes in and produces the exact same stats that Thielen does at when he's 100%. He comes in, gets 70 catches, 90 yards, and a touchdown. You know, there's you know, a very solid performance. So he's very worthy of at least having on your team. If he's on your waiver wire, you have to pick up KJ Osborne. Yeah, 100%. Uh, KJ was a guy I was buying into last year, you know, and um, the talent's there. He's a playmaker. Now he, like Tyler was saying, really will probably get an opportunity to shine in this new offense. Uh, they did bring in Jalen Rager, which was kind of surprising, but I think that was more the of a depth kind of add um, just to get, you know, I don't know, I guess a better fourth option. Um, but I wouldn't sweat that at all with K.J. Osborne. I think he'll provide some nice fantasy value this year for sure. And Adam Thielen too, you know, the red zone monster. So I still think he was a value in drafts this year. I'm not worried about Jalen, dude. KJ Osborne is the obvious number three there. He yeah. Has to be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Chiefs taking on the Cardinals. The Chiefs are six and a half point favorites. The over under is 53 and a half. So expected to be a high scoring affair here between these two. Powerful offenses. Um, let's start on the Chiefs side of the ball. A lot of questions to be answered here, too. 
Uh, it's kind of a, a repeating theme, I guess. It is week one of the season, but a lot of movement this offseason has has kind of caused that. Um, but on the Chiefs' side of the ball, this backfield now is loaded with four guys, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Ronald Jones, you know, the rookie sensation, Isaiah Pacheco, and uh, Jarek McKinnon. How is this backfield going to play out? And, you know, if you were, if you drafted Clyde, are you, are you starting him this, this week? Um, Starting? No. Would I consider flexing him? Sure. But I mean, it's, it's a dicey proposition regardless. There's so many guys there and all guys that outside of Pacheco or Pacheco, however you want to pronounce that, um, are all guys that have shown they can, they can all do something in this league. You know, um, Clyde is the one who's probably the least accomplished between him. Ronald it's Jones, not however you want to pronounce it, Tyler. It's how his name's pronounced. <laughs> is it, is it Pacheco or Pacheco then? Pacheco. All right, Checo. <laughs> That's right. a good name. We'll just call him Checo. <laughs> But yeah, Clyde has, like is the least accomplished guy out of the out of those th- main three. Um, and I don't think the rookie is going to come in and do a whole lot in week one. That might happen later in the season. Um, so I mean, I would consider flexing Clyde because he is still the RB one there. Um, so he should still see most of the touches and most of the of the snaps on the field. But I could also see the Chiefs, you know, riding the hot hand, and that could change week in and week out. Yeah, I'm For totally sure. with you. I'm avoiding this backfield as much as I can. Hopefully, uh, Pacheco ends up being that guy just because <laughs> he was worth basically nothing. Uh, late round draft pick, if probably a waiver wire if he's wasn't drafted. So, yeah, I'm avoiding it. Yeah, probably best to do so uh, and see how things kind of play out as roles get established. But could be a <laughs> you know, four back committee at this point. It really we really don't know. Uh um, I wouldn't be surprised if it was Ronald Jones is the best running back this week for them. It could be. Honestly. And that honestly might be the story the entire season. So I'm a little bit worried about investing into that backfield. Haven't done so at all really, besides taking flyers on Pacheco late late in drafts. Yep. Uh, but what about the receivers? Juju, Sky Moore, MVS, same kind of situation here. Honestly, um, <laughs> you know, a promising rookie prospect, a couple of guys that have been in the the league for a little while now, and Juju has had you know um, one significant season um, in his career, but he's the only guy out of these receivers that has done that in the NFL. Um, you know. Are we betting on any of these guys week one, or are we holding and kind of waiting and seeing? This is like it's everything about this wide receiver core is so risky, but if you choose the right guy this week, you're probably going to win your game. Just going off of how Patrick Mahomes is probably going to throw at least 300, 350 yards in what is presumed to be a shootout, according to you know Vegas with this 53.5 point over under. And it's so hard to tell who it's going to be. Yeah. We really like Sky Moore. But if I really had to put my money on it for week one, not for season long, it'd be Juju Smith being the guy this week who really uh, ends up being the top scorer at receiver. But Sky Moore, I'm telling you, that's that's a season long. Like, God, I really hope. I just hope so. <laughs> I, I know you're with me. I really. I, oh, I yeah. think he, he he'll be that guy, man. He has to be. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I'm I'm with you there. I'm thinking Juju for week one. Um, but I mean, as we said, like what Jim was saying, it's very similar with the running backs. Even uh, Patty Mahomes came out and was like, hey, yeah, sorry, fantasy owners, because uh, it's going to be a different guy each week and you're never going to yeah. know who it is because that's the way the game plan is going to go. So it's going to be tough. Um, well, and that's kind of what would we like talked to point about. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I thought you were dead. That's oh, no, kind of no. what we talked about. I would about, like to point you know, out. <laughs> hold on. <laughs> Shush. <laughs> hold on. <laughs> I'm not done. I want to make sure that the disrespect is not there on Juju. <laughs> Juju has had three top 20 seasons in his career. That's that's 50% of his career. So don't say he's only had one significant. Oh, my. Uh, he's had uh, how many? He's had three, three top 20 finishes in his career. Out of, out of six. 
You can say the same thing about Amari Cooper, dude. Get out of here. No, yeah. you can't. Amari's um, got like one and a half. No, he finished at least top like 25 quite a few years. He's never had a wide receiver one finish, but he's been wide receiver two a lot of years. Juju has. So, Juju finished number eight in his sophomore year. Well, that was the year. One time. Yeah, Chase Claypool also had nine touchdowns his rookie year. We're talking about Steelers receivers being good for a second. Yeah, Tyler. Yeah, where are you at? <laughs> <laughs> uh, on the other side of the ball, A.J. Brown, Rondale Moore, these receivers um, for the Cardinals. Wait, what? A.J. Brown. He's still, Tyler, he's still on the roster. A.J. Green. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> Wrong color, dude. That's how you fucked with me. Oh, my God. Document, man. We're not going off a of skin tone here, okay? We got A.J. Brown or Rondale Black, okay? <laughs> playing, playing for the Cardinals. So, getting back on track here after that blender. Um <laughs> Rondell Moore has been getting some some press out of uh, head coach uh, Cliff out there in Arizona. They've been talking about how they want to utilize him more this year, more than ever. Um, but he did injure his hamstring during practice on Thursday. So he's supposed to be getting an MRI on that to figure out the severity of the hamstring injury. But sounds like could be pretty iffy for him um this week to play um he's a guy that you know you you're drafting with your last pick though so um you can definitely wait and see on on Rondell when when he's healthy AJ Green no um AJ Brown <laughs> yes but for a different team <laughs> whoops <laughs> or did you or did you mean Hollywood Brown Maybe no, I didn't mean because you're starting Hollywood Brown. Like you have to. He's their wide receiver for one yep. for the first six weeks of the season, you know. Um, but maybe that's where the mix up happened. I don't know, man. It was late when I was doing this, guys. <laughs> Thing takes like six, Either seven hours way. to put together. <laughs> uh, um, you know, I'll just say this: it's like the Chiefs receivers. You will have a very good week if you choose the right guy. And it's probably just going to be Hollywood Brown. It's If Rondell Moore is already iffy, A.J. Green might come through for you, but I would not put my fucking eggs in that basket. Not doing it, dude. I would put him in the skillet, you know, make an omelet, something like yeah. that. Yeah, and I would agree with that. I was thinking is like someone else has to step up in this passing game, right? Excuse me. And um, But the more I think about it, the more I just think it's going to be Hollywood Brown, Zach Ertz, and then James Conner out of the backfield. And the so that, rest of the receivers are not going to, you know, do much. Dude, don't talk about James Conner. I'm not even trying to do that. <laughs> Eno Benjamin yeah. might get it, might be involved as well. He's, you know, been getting some some praise um, in camp. Looks to be a better player than last year, and uh, they want to get him involved. But I think it's too early to get to give him a shot. Obviously. Uh, but he could have he could have a nice pass catching role there in Arizona. But Zach Ertz is an automatic start for you guys at tight end. Oh, easily. I'm totally with yeah. Big Irby here. It's Hollywood Brown and Zach Ertz all day. That's the two guys I'm confident in. Yeah. All right. Let's move on then to the Raiders taking on the Charges. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> The Raiders. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that was yeah. Uh, Chargers I, are three point. I think favorites. he woke up Al. <laughs> <laughs> Is Al here? Uh, over under is fifty two points. Yes, Chargers sir. one of the highest are three point favorites. So a lot of points expected to be scored here. Yeah, there's obviously a lot of fantasy assets in this game. A lot of must-starts in this game. But the only, the biggest question mark is maybe the smallest player out of all of them. <laughs> Dude, he you is, need actually. To put some respect on his fucking name. And what is his hey. name, Trey? <laughs> Hunter Renfro, the best insurance salesman you ever seen catch a football in your goddamn <laughs> life. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, he's not wrong though. He is probably the smallest one out there. I'm not. That's not is. a diss. That's just facts. Hey, it ain't he the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the dog, or whatever that <laughs> saying is. <laughs> oh, Listen up. It was almost so tough. Hunter Hunter Renfro scores a touchdown week one, guaranteed. Oh, put you're saying money that? On it. Yep. I think he has a big year this year, man. I really, I really do. I think they they love him in this offense. They love him in the red zone. Um, there's a lot of distractions now in the offense, and it's gonna he's gonna just shine right there in that slot. And so breaking. I want to ask you this. I mean, obviously, I think we all expect big things from his offense in general. But you said he expect Renfro to have a big year. He did finish as the wide receiver eleven last yes. season. So he have a bigger You're year correct. than that. No, he's going to do the same damn thing because he's being drafted okay. as the what, like wide receiver forty, something like that. Something like yeah, something like that. Yeah, pretty low. I mean, I'll just say um, I, Waller is a must start, but Renfro will have more points than Waller. I'm totally anticipating that because Waller will be sharing thirty the offensive line with Foster Moreau. So it's Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, or must starts for me. Like easily, if Darren Waller, what, you have to start him with where you drafted him. What about uh, Josh Jacobs? Put him in there. Yeah, I would He's, put him in there, but I'd be iffy about it. Like this week, one will really be telling about how they're going to approach the running game. They have Amir Abdullah back there, who is looking really, really good, really fast. They also have Brandon Bolden from the Patriots. Amir. Yeah. Zamir White, I think he'll be at the end of the pecking order, but uh, he'll work his way in there. But I, I could see, like, if they ran the ball, let's just say 25 times, Jacob's carrying it 15 times. So he has to really take advantage of his touches. For sure. And, uh, yeah, so that's pretty much it. Start Hunter Renfro, though. Um, on the other side of the ball, Justin Herbert, obviously, starting Mike Williams, starting the wide receiver one there in L.A., Keenan Allen, you're starting. Uh, Austin Eckler, obviously, you're starting. Any question marks on the Chargers worth bringing up, or is that pretty much it? I think that pretty much does it. No, Keep it I mean, you, can throw out, you can throw out Josh Palmer if you want, but I mean, I wouldn't yeah. put him in my flex. I think that's a, a deep, you know, a deep season type of play. Yep, that's what I was going to say. Tight end, no tight end love. Ooh. Not in LA. Gerald Everett. Wow. Uh, he's I don't, nah. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I don't have it either, but I was curious if you guys did. So No, nah, I mean in that situation you should have just gotten a Joku. You should be playing him. I'm glad I convinced you guys. He didn't convince nobody. Uh I Buccaneers did. taking on the Cowboys in Sunday night football. Old Tom's got a lot of shit going on, but that doesn't stop Ooh. him from showing up to Sunday night football at fifty eight years old. Hey, his old lady's sleeping in a different house. He's gonna throw for eight goddamn touchdowns. You know how much clearance of mind he has? Dude, he she doesn't need a different house. Ear. Have you seen his, his house in Tampa? She can just go to the other side of the room and you wouldn't be able to hear her. Either way, he's not dealing with her. <laughs> Clearance of mind, dude. He's his mind is the most clear it's been during his career. The Buccaneers are, are are two and a half point favorites. The over under is fifty points. Um, obviously, Tommy, Tom, you're starting, man. Like we just said, he's gonna throw for at least eight touchdowns. Leonard Fournette, uh, you're starting. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Evans. Uh, Chris Godwin is apparently good to go now. Um, hey, so I, he's, he's, he did come out today say he can't commit to playing week one, but like he's not on the injury report anymore, so it seems really weird that he would come out and say that. So that does make it iffy if he's saying that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah if um, I had Chris Godwin, I'm checking my roster Sunday morning before the game started. You got to be on top of that shit. A hundred percent. Yeah. Definitely be active and making sure you have a replacement in mind for him if that does happen if he doesn't play but mike evans obviously an automatic star what about julio jones throwing him out there week one i take i take russell gage over julio jones all day long 
to be at the beginning of the season. Until I see something different, it's Russell Gage over Julio. So you would start Russell Gage this this week? No, I wouldn't. If if Chris Godwin's out, I would start Russell Gage. Um, if Godwin's playing, I'm not starting Gage or Julio. But if I had to choose one, I'm choosing Gage. Yep, totally agree. Okay, uh, on the other side of the ball, the Dallas Cowboys, Dak, fell a lot in drafts, um, I noticed this year. Kind of surprising. Um, almost in every draft, he fell past where he was supposed to go um, in terms of ADP. But um, obviously, if you if you picked him up as your QB1, you're playing him. Uh, Zeke Elliott, you're playing um, CD Lamb, of course, Dalton Schultz, yes. Uh, but what about the RB2 there in Dallas? Do you think he has enough of a role right out of the gate, week one, to be flex-worthy, Tony Pollard? I would avoid it just because of where you drafted him. You, I hope you have RB2 that you can play instead of Pollard and a flex player, hopefully a receiver that you can put in instead of Pollard. I wouldn't feel horrible about putting him in my flex. But I, I would avoid it until I see if Zeke's really bouncing back this year. And I, really, I, for some reason, I don't know why, I've never had faith in Zeke every year. But this year, I do. Maybe it's his low ADP, but I, I expect him to do pretty well in this game. I, I would avoid starting Tony Pollard unless you have to put him in your flex. Um, I, I'm on the opposite here. I think Pollard's a, a pretty easy flex play. And it's because he's been taking time out of every practice during the offseason to line up in the as a slot receiver. They're going to play Zeke and Pollard a lot, on, put them on the field at the same time a lot, because there's so few pass catchers out there right now. And so Pollard's known as a pass catching back. Yeah, he can do it from, from you know between the tackles too, but he's a pass catching back and he can run routes really well. So they're going to put him out there and he's going to you know do some business from the slot. Does he think he's Hunter Renfro or something? This guy, this guy, don't he? <laughs> could be an absolute weapon though for this offense this year i mean he is an electric player so um yeah it's definitely more of a risky play but uh in your flex i could i could get with that um i typically like to have a, a high upside receiver there but uh he could you know play receiver quite a bit this year in that slot like tyler was saying so um i don't i don't hate it uh, the rookie receiver, yeah. though, that's expected to fill in as the wide receiver to Jalen Tolbert because Michael Gallup is officially out and um, James Washington as well. So it's going to be the rookie, Jalen Tolbert. Uh, do you have faith in him week one to start him? Obviously flexing him. No. <laughs> I know he's getting he's get, been getting some hype, especially towards the end of camp here. Um, I, I think that's more because he seems like he's gonna have some opportunity. But I want to see him from it you know, on the field. You know, even though he's getting hype out of camp, he didn't really show a whole lot within the preseason games, and that's what worries me. Um, so I'm gonna wait and wait there for him. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I I'll be honest, I did not know that James Washington and I knew Michael Gallup was you know he's still working his way back. But I didn't know James Washington was also missing the game. So it makes me kind of dial back a little bit on my Tony Pollard take. Jalen Tolbert, I mean, if you're in a deep league, I mean, the Cowboys tend to throw for a lot of yards. He could really uh, come out for you. But, I mean, it might just be, you know, uh, CeeDee Lamb and Dalton Schultz and Tony Pollard. I don't know. I I would be willing to take a, a flyer on Tolbert in a deep league. Now that I know that James Washington is out this week. Well, James yeah, Washington's uh, on James, the IR, so he'll be out so yeah, for some a, time. Uh, he's yeah, just in the first four weeks. Uh, uh, yeah, well, you know, I don't. It's the Cowboys. Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then let's move on to the Monday night football game. The Broncos taking on the Seahawks. Uh, Denver is uh, the favorite, six and a half points. Over-under is 44 and a half. Uh, obviously, on the Broncos side of the ball, you're playing Russell Wilson, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Javante Williams. But what about the RB2 there in Denver, Melvin Gordon? RB? RB? 
I'm thinking about Arby's. Sorry, I didn't eat dinner. I'm thinking Arby's now. You're talking about Arby's. Think about getting me a beef and cheddar. But um, yeah, what? Melvin Gordon. I would feel what? I feel comfortable about starting about starting Melvin Gordon in my flex. Just knowing that you would or would uh, not. I I think I would. Yeah, okay. uh, this game I see the Broncos taking an early lead. And then running the ball quite a bit. And I, I feel comfortable with Melvin Gordon probably scoring a touchdown this game, along with Javante Williams. Yeah, I think that's a probably a pretty good take. Um, normally I would say no, because it, even Melvin Gordon came out this this offseason said that the coaching staff want wants Javante to be the guy and go, Melvin's gonna be taking a backseat. But I think you're right. I think the Broncos come out and destroy the Seahawks. So I would expect Melvin to get quite a bit of garbage time work uh, especially in the second half so yeah yeah um, that's a pretty good take yeah, yeah that's a what podcast, I the garbage uh, I time to, i just want to say as a podcast from the northwest it's so nice to hear a seahawks fan being humble very rare <laughs> very very rare he's he's accepted his reality and is moving forward <laughs> with it uh, these are <sighs> these are tough times but we will we will pro or tyler will prosper i don't give a fuck uh, yeah, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully hopefully you will prevail but uh it'll take a couple years welcome to being a raiders fan but we're on the up and up you guys are on the downswing i'll let you, you can hop over dude you can hop over if you want hey man uh, it's all about tank for cj uh just tank for Derek carr winning mvp this year in a super bowl just come on over dude um I don't know what a I don't know what a downswing is. Um, can, you know, being a, a Packers owner, but it sounds like a, a rough time. You're like uh, a kid born other... into a rich family. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. All I know is Hall of Fame quarterbacks. I'm a this Packers is how I get to experience that feeling. Yeah, <laughs> it's a great feeling, honestly. Like, yeah, this, you'll this see when Jordan Love plays. Made. Yeah. Uh, on the other side of the ball, speaking of the Seahawks. Um, it is uh, it's tough. <laughs> <laughs> tough. Uh, you know, but are you are you if you, you know, took DK where he was going, you're starting him probably. Uh, but man, it could be rough. I, I, DK is a freak, obviously, but this offense is going to have its troubles. So DK, Rashad, Penny, they're both um, starts though, for sure. Oh, Rashad's a must start. And that's the only person yeah, I really feel comfortable starting. Yeah, I mean Kenneth Walker. It, I mean, they're still calling it a game time decision, but the chance of him playing seem pretty slim. So that means Rashad Penny's going to get the bulk of the work. Um, so yeah, he's a must start. And as you said, DK is a must start because of where you drafted him. Right? You're not going to be able to take him out of your lineup um, when a lot of guys still drafted him as his as your wide receiver too. So you're going to have to keep him there. Um, obviously, the biggest question mark then is Tyler Lockett. Um, who might have had the largest overall ADP drop I've seen in recent years for any player. Uh, he has not finished lower than wide receiver 17 the last four seasons, and now he's being drafted as wide receiver 42. Um, and obviously that's because of the departure of Russ. That's a major, major drop-off. It might be accurate. It's hard to say, but I don't know. Tyler Lockett is very sneaky route runner. He's good at getting open, so... He might still find some rapport with with Geno Smith back there, but yeah, I think he's a wait and see type of guy right now. I'll just come out there and say I would rather have Lockett Week One if I had to start a Seahawks receiver over DK Metcalf because Geno Smith is that quarterback. Because of what you said, he's a sneaky route runner, and he, I, I think he'll be open more and more available to what Geno Smith offers, and he'll lean towards Lockett is what my intuition is telling me. So you're starting him then week one? I wouldn't, but if I had to, I would start locking <laughs> over DK, which is crazy because they're you know they they were drafted so much differently. But I'll, I'll just I'll I'll drive the nail home here with Rashad Penny. Kenneth Walker had hernia surgery like three weeks ago. Yeah, he's a promising rookie running back on a team that no one intent like anticipates winning very many games. We're all pretty much on board with the fact that they're going to be tanking. There's no reason for them to play him. Like play Kenneth Walker this week. This is Rashad Penny's game, all the way through. 
Yeah, you might see a little bit of DJ Dallas, TJ Homer, uh, but it definitely will be Rashad Penny's uh, backfield, and he should produce you know a, a nice number for you. Um, we've seen when he does have the opportunity and he's healthy, he can really do some special things. So, you know, former yep. first round draft pick in the NFL draft, it's just kind of crazy every time I I remember that. Um, that was four years ago, dude. Before the pandemic, that time doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> A long time ago. Is, is that what we're calling it now? It's uh, before twenty twenty is AP and after is is or I'm sorry, BP and then AP. Yeah, yeah. yeah B, this is BP times, man. The golden age. <laughs> uh, well, with that, uh, let's go ahead and get into our starts of the week. Yes. Our first yeah. of the season, baby. Yeah, the starts of the week should be interesting for sure. Um let's, let, let's let, go ahead and let it. me go first here. Or since okay. uh, we just talked about the game. My start of the week is Russell Wilson, and that might be slightly chalky because you did draft him, you know, as like the seventh or eighth overall quarterback. But I mean, this is plain and simple, the largest revenge game in recent memory. Um, probably since, you know, Tom went back to to New England a couple of years ago. So um, Russell is going to want to stick it to to Pete. It came out, you know, there was about the deteriorating relationship. There was a big, long article on ESPN about it. Uh, the Seahawks tried to trade him uh, a couple of years ago. They did heavy recruiting on Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen um, in their drafts. Russell was pissed about it. He's going to come and stick it to the Seahawks. And I bet you, I mean, I would not be surprised if he finishes as the number one overall QB this week. Um, I just see him going for like 400 plus yards and four touchdowns. Broncos country. (laughs) Come on, Tyler. (laughs) You can can do it one time. (laughs) Let's ride. That's right. Yeah. Just for Russell against the Seahawks this week. That's the first time we've got him to say it at all. Yeah. We've been saying it all summer. The first yeah. time he said it. That's that's. Uh, uh, all right, uh, uh, Trey. Who's your quarterback start of the week? All right, it, it should be obvious at this point. If you've been listening in the last month or so, uh, my start of the week is going to be Derek Carr versus the Chargers. We talked about how that game has around a fifty-three point over under according to the Vegas odds. And we also talked about all the weapons that he has. I I believe this will be the year where he really is. Uh, he's throwing for the same amount of yards, you know, 350, 400 yards a game, but actually throwing for touchdowns because he has receiving threats. So with this shootout game, I think Derek Carr will be a great start. Easily top five this week. All right. And uh, my quarterback start of the week it's Trey Lance playing the Chicago Bears. Like forget uh, all forget all the uh the noise with Jimmy G being brought back um to the team to back up Trey Lance. All that does is put a, a chip on Trey Lance's shoulders. You drafted him to be a stud this year. He's gonna do it. He's gonna start week one here against Chicago Bears. Not a great defense. And I think he's gonna run the ball all over the field on him, and I think he puts up a huge game. Week one to prove a point uh, there in San Fran. I'll just say this. Last week we made a bet. Uh, I made a bet versus Big Irby and Jim that um, Justin Fields will finish up with more points than Trey Lance fantasy-wise. So uh, obviously I disagree, but we'll see what happens in this game. It'll be interesting. Two young, interesting quarterbacks who we really don't know what the hell they're going to do. Well, I know what Trey Lance is going to do. <laughs> God damn it. You don't. Don't. <laughs> Tyler, who's your running back start of the week? My running back start of the week, <laughs> Trey's going to hate this too, <laughs> is James Conner against the Chiefs. You motherfucker. <laughs> oh, man. We're just picking on everything, everybody that just Trey <laughs> hates. Um, all right. So the re- I'm going with James Conner. Last year, the Chiefs defense. Were, were the 22nd worst defense against, or I'm sorry, not 22nd worst. They gave 22 points a game to the running back position. And arguably, the Chiefs defense got worse from, from you know, going into the season. So that should be easy. Plus, as I hinted to earlier, I think James Conner is going to have a pretty big uh, 
a lot of production in the in the receiving game. I think they're using a lot of the backfield. And last season, he showed that he has good receiving prowess. He actually had his second best receiving season since he became a, his first year as a starter in Pittsburgh. That's the second best of his career. So I expect him to continue to show more of that, and especially in the first six weeks of the season. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. I like the take. <laughs> I like the take. Uh, Trey, yeah. who's your running back? Uh, so mine this week is going to be Nick Chubb versus the Carolina Panthers. That might sound kind of cheesy because we all know Nick Chubb can be a very good running back uh, week in and week out. But with his ADP, he's falling to the second, third round. And I think this week will be one of his best weeks of the season because the Browns are still trying to figure out what they're going to do with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback. And they're going to rely heavily on their run game. And I've talked a bunch about how much I dislike Amari Cooper. They really only have two good receivers on that team as far as I'm concerned on the Browns. It's not even good. They have Amari Cooper, then they have David Njoku. So, I mean, I I would expect a a heavy dosage of Chubb in this game. It's got a 43-point over-under. It's one of the lowest projections of the week. So there should be a, a, a bit of a dogfight going on here, I would anticipate. So... I like Nick Chubb this week. All right. And uh, for my running back this week, I, I really tried to kind of find someone that's, you know, has a lot of question marks attached to them. And this guy definitely is has no shortage of that. Uh, but I think if you're ever going to be confident in this guy, it should be week one, you know, to start the season, given the situation. And that's Antonio Gibson against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, I'm going back to the well. And, uh, <laughs> you know, Antonio Gibson obviously has had uh, quite the roller coaster ride in the offseason. Um, but I think if there's ever going to be a week that you go all in with, with Gibson, it's this week. I think you should feel confident starting him against not a great defense. And, uh, you know, we can't take everything Riverboat Ron says as the truth, but he has been quoted saying, how they're going to get him the ball and uh, they're going to do it quite frequently. They they kind of have to. I mean, um, at this point, Brian Robinson is obviously not going to be playing. Antonio Gibson, you know, does produce um, when he's given the opportunities. They just haven't thrown him the ball that much. But I, I, I really think Antonio Gibson um, has a big game week one. Another guy with a bit of a chip on his shoulder, something to prove. Just please, please don't fumble the ball. Antonio Gibson. Uh. (laughs) All right, Tyler, who's your receiver? All right, I am going to Michael Pittman Jr., actually one of the guys that we all love, especially Trey. So I guess uh, he'll probably like this pick. Um, But Pittman Jr. against the Texans, this one's pretty easy. This offense should be ready to hit hit the ground running. They have the brand new huge upgrade at quarterback with Matt Ryan coming into town. Um, the Texans were the second worst defense against receivers last season, giving up over 36 points a game to the position, which is a ton. And I mean, I don't know what's going to happen with Alec Pierce and who else might join into that. But I mean, Pittman's going to get the bulk of those points. So I expect him to have a huge, huge game here in week one. Dude, if they give up 37 points, Michael Pittman is getting 22 of at least. There you go. Two thirds. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a guy that we're confidently drafting as a wide receiver one so should have a big week trey who's your receiver uh like i said if you've been listening last month a lot of my picks are can be kind of obvious i like rashad bateman versus the new york jets it kind of contradicts what i usually say because they'll probably be beating the jets but i anticipate the jets to be uh competitive in this game but they should be beating the jets which means they won't pass as much but I, I anticipate them passing more than usual in a traditionally run-heavy Baltimore offense because J.K. Dobbins, he's still having limited practices coming back from that ACL injury from you know 2020. Gus Edwards is ruled out for the first four games, and that would leave, I believe, Mike Davis to be their lead running back right now. Correct me if I'm wrong. I know they just signed uh, somebody. Kenyon Drake. Yeah, oh, yeah Kenyon Drake. Yeah, Could not worried Mike about Davis, that. Sir. It's going to be Mike Davis. I've seen Kenyon Drake do his work the last two years with the Raiders. Good player, not great. It's going to be Mike Davis for sure. And when it comes to their passing offense, there's only two major players. It's Mark Andrews and Rashad Bateman. 
I love Rashad Bateman this week. I I think he's going to be great. I've been um, from where I drafted him. I've been sliding into my flex spot everywhere that I can in my leagues because I already have two good receivers and I got him in like the ninth round. So I yeah. love Rashad Bateman this week. No, actually, I think that's a really good pick, especially if this quote unquote deadline passes tomorrow without a contract for Lamar Jackson. Because if he doesn't get that contract, you know, in the weaning hours of of week one here, he's gonna go and ball out, and that's gonna include getting the ball deep down the field to Rashad Bateman. Wait, so you're telling me I should hope he doesn't get the contract so that he yes. does ball out? <laughs> if he plays this season without a contract, he's gonna he's gonna be in the race for MVP. Yeah, just oh. more of a, a chip on his shoulder. I think he'll ball out either way, but yeah, I think that definitely has some mental you know, um, things <laughs> attached yeah. to it. Uh, I'm going to show these fuckers. I got, uh, Cortland Sutton as my wide receiver start of the week. Um, going back to kind of what Irby said, this is, this is going to be a big, um, uh, revenge game for Russell Wilson. He's going to want to put up a lot of yards. He's going to want to throw some touchdowns and, and I've been saying it all year. Cortland Sutton is this team's wide receiver one. He is the dominant force in this uh, wide receiving corpse, and I I think he'll dominate right out of the gate week one against a Seattle team that's not projected to be great um, on both sides of the ball. So a lot of opportunity. He's going to get a, lot, a ton of targets. Yeah, Cortland Sutton, you know, we've been tooting that horn all, all offseason, so I think it starts week one. Hey, for future reference, if you're talking about wide receivers, maybe maybe not talk about the wide receiver core or being a wide receiver corpse. Makes it sound like makes it sound like they're dead, bro. Did I say corpse again? Yeah, wide receiving this wide receiving corpse. Um, I think he'll come back from the dead. <laughs> Got a bunch of zombies uh, out there running routes. It's been a long day. No, 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 man. I'll just say this though: from everything we've been talking about all offseason, that there is no, there's very few players I would like to see succeed more than Corlin said. I want to see it so bad. You've convinced me, and I really, really hope he's a wide receiver one and the main target for Russell Wilson. I, I really would like to see that this year. Uh, Tyler, your tight end start of the week. Ooh. All right, I'm gonna go with going with big TJ Hawkinson against the Eagles. Um, he had a had a really great beginning of last season. Um, he missed last five games of the year with a broken thumb. He had to have surgery on that. But before that happened, he was the sixth best tight end in the league in terms of fantasy points. The Eagles were uh, god awful against tight ends last year. I think they were the second worst and gave up the most touchdowns to the position as well. They're still really weak up the middle of that defense in the secondary. They have very they don't have very good middle linebackers or safeties or subpar as well. They're good on edge rushers and corners. So I think TJ Hawkinson as the big body pass catcher is going to you know reap those benefits in the middle of the field. And have a big game. Fuck. Another player I would like to see succeed. Got to <laughs> see it happen. That's a decent one. Well, uh, well, my tight end pick of the week or start of the week is going to be Cole Komet versus 49ers. Big surprise. Another player I've been big on all offseason. <laughs> I mean, he covers all the bases of what I want in a tight end. But last year, he played 80% of the snaps or at least 80% of the snaps. He averaged at least five targets a game. And now, for sure, all season, he's going to have a young, scrambling quarterback. He has Justin Fields this week, who I think will score more points than Trey Lance, according to our bet. <laughs> and, you know, you just add a little cherry on top of all that. Allen Robinson is gone. It, it, it's him and Darnell Mooney. So I think Cole Command will have a great, uh, great game against San Francisco this week. At least double digits. Definitely going to be top twelve this week. He's a worthy start. I th- my only question is Justin Fields going to have enough time to throw the ball to anybody with how poorly <laughs> this offensive line too. is against the Niners? You know, front four. If they game plan properly, he'll be running for his life, and Cole Komet will be within fifteen yards. Yeah, remember <laughs> when they picked up Alex Leatherwood because the Raiders cut him? That was a good move. Uh, the Raiders have connections, man. I'm telling you, they, they picked this, this is a, a moot point at this point for a fantasy podcast where they picked up Alex Leatherwood, one of the worst tackles in the fucking league, cannot pass block at all, and picked up his contract. The Raiders don't even have to pick up his dead money. 
Like they literally did the Raiders a favor, and they're picking up one of the worst tackles uh, available. I know, but isn't isn't he starting for the Bears now? That shows you how bad that line is. Yeah, so he'll be yes. on the right side. Um, beware, and uh, Justin Fields is a right hander, so fuck. Uh, <laughs> whatever. God damn it, Kokomet is still my start of the week. I hate you guys. <laughs> I like I like the outlook for Komet. He was a guy I was targeting all year, you know, for the year. But this could be a tough game for the Chicago offense, uh, to say the least. Uh, but my tight end uh, start of the week, I'm going with Patty the Batty, the Muth, Pat Fryer Muth uh, against the Cincinnati Bengals. Last year, the Bengals ranked 28th in points given up to the tight end um, in points per game. You know, uh, I love Pat Fryermuth as as a player, as a talent. They look for him in the red zone. Um, big body target for Mitch and these other quarterbacks. So uh, I, I think Pat Fryermuth comes out of the gate hot and has a big game for you. Uh, a, a great late round tight end target in drafts this year. All day. All day. All right, Trey. It's your time to yeah, shine. It's time for time of the week, baby. It's time for Stinky's defenses of the week. Yes, it's the best. It's the best time of the episode. Best time of the week. I'll let you know right now. Like I, I never choose the obvious teams because you know who they're, they're playing. Just shit teams. Uh, you should know who that is. But if you're looking for a defensive stream, this is where you find them. Right here, Stinky's defense of the week. I got four of them. I'll run through them real quick for you. I like the Titans defense versus the New York Giants. We all uh, expect Brian Dable to improve New York Giants offense, but right now uh, we need them to prove themselves. And like I said earlier, if Derrick Henry comes back and is his regular self, it's going to be a really low-scoring, grinded-out game uh, for the Giants. So I really like Tennessee's defense. They were also really promising last year. So if this is a low-scoring game, the the Titans are definitely going to be in a good spot. Moving on, I like the Dolphins' defense versus New England, which is kind of crazy because I love New England's defense, and I'm usually on the other side of the fence. But the buzz all offseason is how much New England's offense has struggled. Uh, They just haven't gotten anything done during training camp and preseason against their practice defense. So, um, And you pair that with the strong Miami offense that finished in the top five plenty of times last year. Like This really could be uh, a bad situation for New England. And moving on from that, I really like the Panthers' defense versus the Cleveland Browns, which th- at this point it should be obvious. You know, um, it, they don't have Deshaun Watson. They're starting Jacoby Brissett. It's going to hold the offense back a little bit. And Carolina, they, they finished with double-digit defensive points like 10 times last year, which is kind of wild if you look back on it. That's a very solid defense to be having. They're very, they were very inconsistent last year, but they've shown flashes, so I really like them against the Browns. And last but not least, a game that we talked about quite a bit already, I really like the Broncos' defense versus Seahawks. Once again, they're against uh, another defense that's against a, you know, a backup quarterback, essentially. So, you know, they're playing Geno Smith. It, it's basically forcing you to start the Broncos' defense at this point. And I know Seattle's a tough place to play, but as you heard from Tyler Urbach earlier, uh, the Seahawks fans tend to fold pretty easily. So once the once the wow <laughs> wow <laughs> once the Broncos take an early lead, that 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 stadium is not going to be very loud. So yeah, those are the four defenses <laughs> I like this week: the Titans, the Dolphins, the Panthers, and the Broncos. You're welcome for helping you win Week One. I'm just a realistic fan, right? I know what we have. I know what's on the field. I'm not giving up hope. Well, this I'm is going saying, into a rebuild. You know, you've been hey, there. Don't worry. We've all been there. Hey, man, I'm not going to rebuild for 20 years like the Raiders did if you want to go there. Okay, bud? Okay. I'm, I'm not drafting Jamarcus Russell like number one overall. Okay, now we're taking deep shots. I'm just saying, we've <laughs> all been there in, in Seattle at what is formerly known as Central League Field. Very loud stadium, very passionate people. But once they start losing the game, not so loud, not so passionate. So they're gonna start losing <laughs> early. It's gonna be a quiet. It's gonna be quiet. You're gonna hear the ships going by on the sea. Okay, it's gonna be quiet. Oh man, yeah, it could be. It could be rough there in Seattle, uh, week one. But 
some good picks, I think, overall for uh, streaming defenses for sure. So uh, make sure you check your wave wire for those for those defenses. And uh, you know, this is it. This is it, boys. Week one, we're in. We're in it now. And uh, I guess good luck to you all. I hope the drafts went well. The picks swayed your way. And uh, thank you for listening. Again, you can catch us on Twitter at the FF Fathers. Um, we will be back next week with the first waiver wire edition uh, early in the week on Tuesday, so that uh, you can get all the updates on all the waiver wire picks and who we like to target uh, on the waiver wires. Uh, it's always the biggest waiver wire week, so it's definitely not an episode you want to miss because that's where where gems are found. You know. Uh, in the week one waivers or leagues or one you could say yes yep. sir all right we'll catch you all next week good luck this weekend and again thank you for listening later bye